Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. Amen. It's like an American mess up here. It's awesome. Man, I love my nation. I'm so blessed to be an American. And it is so good to spend our birthday in America with y'all. In my... 40-something, give or take a decade of life, uh, years of life. Uh, I don't think I've ever had communion on 4th of July. So this is an awesome way. As we celebrate our nation's freedom, we can celebrate the freedom for eternity. Uh, and that's even better. Because that's our real nation. This is where we uh, temporarily reside. Uh, and then uh, we've got our permanent residence in heaven for those who follow Jesus. Uh, so what a blessing today. Uh, by the way, in case I forget to mention it later, when we go to communion, um, we'll be passing out the elements at the end of the message here as we go into our, our two songs of worship. But uh, if you'd prefer to not take the elements as, as they're passed out, we do have in the, in the middle section back there by the sound booth and on that side uh, some self-contained units. If you would prefer, you just go up and grab those out of the basket. Um, they are edible, although I, you know, they do taste like styrofoam. It just is what it is, but they are edible. Um, but... Uh, I'm just so excited. The last few months we've been taking the real deal, so that's good. Um, So we're in Psalm 23, uh, this beautiful passage that uh, foretold about Jesus, uh, which he talks about in John 10. Uh, So David writes about Jesus in Psalm 23, about the good shepherd. Jesus talks about being the good shepherd uh, in John 10, and that's who we uh, follow all the days of our lives. Uh, I want to kick us off today by reading actually a passage... uh, A different uh, psalm uh, to start off today from David. He wrote this Psalm 63 uh, while he was in the desert or in the wilderness uh, in Judah. And uh, life wasn't the best for him at the time. Uh, He was was experiencing some some challenging moments. And then yet he wrote this. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts. For you, my whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. Some of you, you might be feeling like your life right now is parched. It's, it's, it's you're weary. It feels like you're in a wilderness and, and there's no water. I've seen you in your sanctuary. I've gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you. In prayer, you satisfy me more than the richest feast. I'll praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you're my helper, I sing for joy. In the shadow of your wings, I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. See, David, here he's, he's savoring God's goodness and power in his life. He's like... I need this. I love the taste of this. This is the only thing that that really satisfies me. It's the answer to everything for every one of us. We should all long to approach God in this this same way, to to be in his presence and just exist. That's what I love about Psalm 23. It's just about being in the presence of the Lord, about the Lord being in our presence and, and walking us through the stuff of life, whatever that looks like. And doing real life with him, I mean, sitting at a table and having a feast. So we should all long to be in his presence that way. And then realize once again that that he's always with us. 
Because that's his name, Emmanuel. He's with us. And so our big idea today is is this, as we wrap up Psalm 23, it's, it's that God's portrayed to us promise has always been that that his desire is to be with us, to dwell with us, to be in our presence. I mean, again, that is his name. Emmanuel means God with you, God with me, God with us. And so it's always been, going back to Genesis, he walked in the garden with Adam and Eve, and he spoke to Abraham, and he, and he was with Jacob. Even Jacob being Jacob, he was with him. He was with Joseph in the high places and in the, in, the, in the prison cells. He's with David in the wilderness and with David in the palace. He came after Elijah and he said, buddy, I love you and I'm going to take care of you. Get out of your depression. I'll walk you out of this. He's with the, the disciples literally on planet earth and then he was, he was with them by empowering them afterwards. He was with Paul on a road to murder believers. And he struck him in the face with lightning and said, I'm, I'm for you, Paul. Be for me. He's always been with us and for us. That's his desire. To dwell with God forever is a promise for those who follow Jesus, for those who choose in our hearts and speak it out with our mouths that we believe in and follow Jesus. His promise is I'll always be with you. You will never go through a thing on your own. Not a moment on planet earth will you be alone if I'm your king. And then eternity, that's actually with me. That's actually my home. I'm heaven. I'm eternity. So when, when, when you're on this planet, on this place that's temporary, I'm with you. And then I bring you to where I am, where I exist. Psalm 23, verse 6 says this. Surely your goodness And unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. I mean, think about it. God is giving you his goodness and his unfailing love, his steadfast love. Some of your versions read mercy. Your goodness and mercy, they follow me. It's like, man, they're they're just all around me. I can't, wherever I go, his goodness and mercy, it's just like, man, no matter how fast I am with new hips, he... He he follows me with his goodness and his unfailing love. And he likes doing that. That's his heart for you. Be encouraged with this. This love he's talking about. This this unfailing, steadfast love full of mercy. It can overcome anything in your life. It can wash clean any failure or sin of yours. Whether you're a non-believer right now, you're listening, you're watching, you're here, and, and you don't follow Jesus yet, and you're like, ah, why would his unfailing love follow me? He, I've done this, I've done that, I've, I keep doing this. Hey, he, he's saying, let me wash you clean, and then it'll follow you all the days of your life. And if you're a follower of Jesus, and you're like, I blow it so much, welcome to the club, number one. Number two, it still follows you all the days of your life, and it continually washes you clean. And the way this verse here This single verse transforms our lives is this. God's presence is the solution to all that we need and long for in life. As opposed to trying to be free of issues and free of dark valleys and free of enemies. 
So, so often we live our lives trying to get rid of all the bad stuff. You read Psalm 23, he's like, bad stuff exists. You're not going to get out of that until you're with me in heaven. So stop trying to get rid of the bad stuff and exist in the presence of the king. That's what he's saying. The answer to all your problems, the life that you long for that is abundant and overflowing is being in my presence, not trying to get away from them. Focus on me. There will be dark valleys. It's a promise. There will be enemies. That's a promise. Those are kind of sorry promises, but it's reality because of a sinful world. So he says, I walk you hand in hand through the dark valley. I set the table up as a feast in the midst of your enemies. My goodness and my mercy and my unfailing love follows you all the days of your life until the end here and then in the house of the Lord forever. When it all comes down to it, the gospel, the whole 66 books, Old Testament, New Testament, can be summed up in what we celebrate each Christmas, God with us. If you had to give, give three words or less, how, sum up the gospel, God with us. It's Emmanuel. Him in your life, him present through everything you go through, whether it's a high or a low, a struggle or a success, a joy or something just feels like it's just jerking the life out of you. God with us is the summary of the gospel. His steadfast and loving presence in our lives all the time. And yet, it can be so hard to let this like reign and rule in us because we're like, do you really, do you really want to spend like every moment with me, God? I mean, you know what I did yesterday. You know how I acted last week. You know what I think all the time. You know where I struggle. So do you really want to be in my presence? Because I'm glad you say that, but is it really real? The struggle is on our end, not on his. It's us looking right at it and going, you really are here. I really can't run from you. And if you don't follow Jesus, you don't believe in him, the Holy Spirit's constantly pursuing you to woo you to Jesus so you'll say yes to this invitation to eternal life. It's hard to accept that. I mean, I fail a lot. You sin. We get off track. We blow it in our marriage relationships and in our family relationships. We come up short consistently in areas. And no matter how faithful we can be, we will blow it at times. Regardless of how great I pursue Jesus, I miss the mark so often. That's why the promise of, of your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me is so huge. Because it's on him to come for me, not on me to find Jesus. Do I pursue Jesus? Yes. But he doesn't say, you got to go find my unfailing love and my goodness. Good luck. Or I'll leave your markers and hopefully you can follow the breadcrumbs. He says, I, I have that follow you. Like I, I shadow over you. Jesus' presence, his love, his mercy, his protection. It's given when and where we need it the most. It reminded me of this, this story and and, and, and you'll get to see a, a video here in a moment, but it reminded me of a friend of mine, his name is Dave Eubank, 
Uh, he's the most intense missionary minister I've ever met in my life. M- many of you might have heard of the Free Burma Rangers. Uh, he and his wife are, uh, he, he's a good, uh, he's a good Texas A&M Aggie. Okay, okay. Come with that, Texas A&M Aggie? Okay, there you go. Uh, you can always get a whoop if you just say something, either A&M, Aggie, College Station, whatever. Uh, there you go. But he's a, good, he's a good grad, and then he was special forces, he and his wife both. Uh, they had a radical uh, life following Jesus, and they, when they retired from the military, God said, I'm calling you to go and rescue the most downtrodden, oppressed people. And he's like, okay, if you say go, I'll go. When I met Dave, he was traveling through our town in Alaska to Fairbanks, uh, and he stopped at our um, staff meeting, and he, and he walks in, he's got his, uh, you know, little special forces shorts on, and I'm like, oh, this is interesting, he's still carrying it over, he's like, giddy up, I thought it was kind of like a little goofy, uh, until I met Dave, and you never call him goofy, uh, but, um, but he just, I remember he stood up in staff meeting, and he said, I'm just a guy with a Glock in the gospel, and I'm like, I like this guy. Uh, <laughs> and he actually had his gospel and he had his Glock. And his wife's like, me too. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Uh, and he said, God called us to go and, and free the oppressed literally. And so they spent their life, the first part of their mission life uh, with their three little kids, all under 10, uh, in Burma. Or now it's Myanmar because it's a communist oppressed nation, but used to be Burma, hence free Burma. Uh, and they would, they would find villages that were about to be attacked by the military, and they'd move the entire village to a safe zone, and then if they needed to, they'd have a firefight and fend off the military with people he trained. As he, let, as he led them to the Lord, he trained them how to use a, gawk and a, a Glock and a rifle, uh, and then, and then his, his, they would move the village, and that was their life. And he's like, I go where God take, tells me to go because it's safer there than it is you know, living in, in Dallas or in Central Texas somewhere if God's not calling me there. And, and then, you know, he was bored with that a little bit. So then he goes to Syria and North Korea and Iran and does a little mission work there. Uh, I'm just joking. But, but he said, Scott, we just go where the Holy Spirit leads us to go. And how can that ever be wrong or bad or scary? I mean, I watched his kids on video, like riding horses up and down hillsides, picking up old old women and little tiny kids while you hear gunfire in the background and they're taking them to the next hill. Ten, eight, six-year-old kids riding these horses to rescue people, literally to save their lives. Um, We have a movie night coming up in three weeks. It's a Sunday, July 25th at 5 that we're going to have in here. And then for younger kids, we're going to have The Incredibles showing in there um, in the other room. But I I want you to see this, this video trailer just to give you an idea of of Dave and Free Burma Rangers and, and the movie that we're going to be watching. So, check out the screen. Well, you have one life, and you might as well go for it, because what are you going to hold on to? I grew up as a missionary kid in Thailand. I remember thinking, I think I'm more of a soldier. I felt God had something else for me to do. I turned to Karen and I said, I'm going to Burma. Will you come with me? Will you marry me? I felt in my heart, say no and let it go, or you say yes and you get in. I have no other plan. Just go. Go to the sound of the guns. Go to the sound of need. 
and trust God to show you how you can be useful. David Eubank, a former Special Forces captain, has gone on to found a relief group called the Free Burma Rangers. Helping those fleeing the front lines of war. His wife and three children go with him into the conflict areas. As we did these relief missions, more and more ethnic people began to join us. I want to go and help my people as I can. We hope these things will change the world. We're here on the border of Iraq, and these are all refugees that have been fleeing ISIS. craziest thing in the world to do and yet we knew we had to respond i felt god's voice get on your knees and pray get on my knees i look like a christian nutcase man ice just opens up on three sides bullets are pinging off the humvee like crazy everything is just right there on the edge how far is that going to take dave yeah, alive. What's happened to you is wrong. We're going to help you. Even if we die trying, we're not going to leave you. Because you count. Jesus, help me. So I remember one time at a admissions conference, Dave got up and he was sharing the, the new work of the Lord as he was being called to Syria. Uh, and, and, uh, and doing some intense work there. And he said, he quoted this actual scripture that we're looking at today, and he said, so why should I fear the future or even the present when God's goodness and unfailing love follows me all the days of my life where he leads me? If I'm called to Syria, why should I fear anything when that's where goodness and unfailing love exist? Why should I worry? Because he's always with us. Uh, we're, we're hoping in February or at our missions conference or maybe even the following February, depending on Dave's schedule, to have him at our missions conference uh, for the movie night that night. We actually are blessed to have um, some of his, uh, uh, actually a, a doctor, uh, medical professionals that work with Free Burma Rangers uh, who are friends of some of our, our, our church people here who are going to be here that night. Uh, they're on the board and they, they minister with them and... Um, and they're, they're a part of the Free Burma Rangers. They're going to be here that night uh, to do a little Q&A during our time, uh, a little bit at the beginning, more at the end, um, and then we hope to, to get Dave here. And we've sent teams with him in the past, and, and it's really every bit as intense and scary as it looks. Uh, those aren't just for show. That is the life they live uh, to, to, to save people, literally, and then to give them the gospel to save them eternally. Uh, that's the goal of the Free Burma Rangers. Um, and, you know, when I was thinking of this, this passage that we're in and really this whole, this whole chapter, you, you get this, this picture, every verse of, of just Jesus with you, Jesus with you. He just, he, he, he's with you so much, he's like, Matthew, you, you're tired, I'm going to make you lay down in the green pasture. Like, we're that needy as sheep that he's got to be like, you have to lay down now. And this is the green pasture. Get off the rocks. Those are, no, you're not going to sleep good. Go over here in the green pasture. So he's constantly in our lives. He dotes over us. Anybody ever have like a grandma that doted over you? 
Uh, you know, you just like, especially, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying this, I was a selfish little kid, but my grandma doted over me more than the other grandkids. That was like my, my heaven right there. It's like, she always brought me stuff and they'd be like, what gives? I'm like, you know, I'm just me. Uh, but you love that person who dotes over you. They're just this intense person in your life who's just making life so amazing for you. And, and, and that's the picture of Jesus that we have. The shepherd who's on your side. Even when you think less of yourself or, or you think you're nothing, I think I blew it again. Jesus is, is with you and he's for you forever. Forever. And John 10 verses 9 through 13, Jesus is talking about himself. And he's talking about how I'm the good shepherd who's always there through the thick and the thin of it. I'm there. I stay with you because I like you and I love you. Like you're my sheep. I came and got you and I brought you into my fold and I feed you and I take such good care of you. Of course, I like you. You don't bother me. I'm here guarding and guiding, loving, growing you into a better image of me. I'll never abandon you for any reason, and you can't run far enough away from me. You'll get tired before I stop coming. That's his promise to us. That goodness and unfailing love is what he constantly offers you, what he provides for you every day, all day, nonstop, just cheering you on no matter what's going on. It was fun yesterday. I was playing, uh, throwing the football with my two little boys and somehow my seven-year-old has this spectacular ability to catch anything that's thrown his way and no fear. Uh, his name means fair-haired warrior and he just gets out there. And I, I mean, I was, I was going, we were going 30-yard passes high in the air and he just would catch it just consistently. And I'm just like, I can't stop cheering him on. And even the ones he would miss, like if you would grasp it wrong or judge it a little bit wrong, and it'd like pop him in the chest, and you heard the kaboom, you know, and he'd be like, shake it off, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, and I just, I found myself just cheering him on, even afterwards, after supper, we're in the house, I'm like, buddy, you were awesome, and I'm just cheering him on, and if I, as a frail, um, you know, sometimes sinful, still, still in process parent can be that way, a perfect Father, a perfect shepherd, a perfect savior will never stop cheering you on. His goodness and his unfailing love just going, man, you're amazing. We got this. We're going to do this. These are, these are dark valleys that I'm just going to light up for you. Man, there's a lot of enemies out there, but look how good the feast looks at this table that I crafted for you all the days of your life. And when that stops, heaven that's a good trade. When this stops, David says, then I'm surely in his house forever. It's a beautiful thing. In Romans 8, verses 35 and 37, Paul, 35 through 37, Paul's writing about this Jesus with us. And it's, it's impossible to change this or alter it in the slightest. And then, and then he goes into verses uh, 38 and 39, and he says this, so now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing 
in our present or future circumstances that can weaken Jesus' love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. This is such a triumphant declaration for us as followers of Jesus. What it means to live empowered by God's Spirit. We are champions, overcomers. It's guaranteed. We are set with and set in Jesus Himself. God's goodness and unfailing love just shadowing us all the time. Like imagine your favorite shade tree always with you through July and August. I mean, us Texans, we get that. We're like, oh, that is amazing. Just shadowing you wherever you go. It could be the hottest day, 110, dry as a bone. The wind stops. The mosquitoes are like, woohoo! And that shade tree's like, not only am I covering you and, and lavishing it, but my goodness and unfailing love are keeping the mosquitoes away. That's... That's the picture God's given us. We will taste victory even when the world around us comes at us. I mean, verses 4 and 5 in Psalm 23 aren't the happiest on some levels, dark valleys and enemies, yet Jesus is there. You will have at times harsh judgments from the majority of the world that doesn't believe in or follow Jesus. The world is lost. It hates Jesus. Religion is lost. It's rewritten Jesus. Even some people who call themselves followers don't follow the, the Jesus of this gospel because they're dictated by pop culture around them or what's, what's trendy, uh, what, what does CNN or Fox even tell me to do today? So... So Jesus says in here, hey, you love me and the world's going to hate you because it, hates, it hated me first. So don't fret, don't worry. It's just going to happen, but it's going to come at you sometimes. It will affect us all at times. And, and the reason it affects us is because we're human. We have feelings. We still feel things. You may even be unsettled in your heart at times because of the treatment from others. Maybe the words they say or, or the way they act towards you. And the more that you become like Jesus, the more the world's going to despise you because it despises Jesus. But we're sent here on a mission to be the light and the life of Jesus, to be salt and light to a world that is dark, that a world that is decaying. And we bring the message of the gospel and say, oh, there's a God who's for you. You want to know him? You want to know about him? Can I tell you my story? You have this creator, this king, the savior of mankind right there with you 24-7. So Paul in Romans 8, he celebrates the absolute assurance that, that no one and nothing can come between us and the love of God for us. David wrote about the good shepherd. Jesus said, I am that good shepherd. So one thing we've been doing in this series the whole time is asking ourselves some questions where we can take inventory. We can ask the Lord, show me. We can ask the Holy Spirit to, to shine light on something. 
So are you pursuing his presence in your life? Or are you following or listening to or maybe being swayed by other shepherds, so to speak? Something that is saying, hey, come over here. Come over here. No dark valleys over here. I'll get rid of all your enemies over here. You just kind of live your life solo over here. And, and don't worry about it. That's a, that's a false shepherd. Somebody who says, hey, they're, they're so hard out there on you. Just, just join them. That's a false shepherd. Are you pursuing the presence of Jesus or worried about other shepherds or other things going on? Remember, if we fix our eyes on Jesus, everything grows dim in comparison. Where do you need Jesus' favor in your life today? That grace from God. Where do you need that poured out to you today? Let's be real. Let's ask him. In a moment when we go into a time of communion, before you take the communion while you're holding it, I'm going to ask you just to take a moment and go, God, do you need to work anything in my life? Do I need to make anything right? Do I need to ask you for for something to, to minister into my life right now? Do I need to own something? Or, or, or ask for you to break through in some way in my life right now. And maybe you're here or you're watching or you're listening and you're like, well, I don't know this Jesus. First, that's a great place to re- realize, to come to, that place of going, I don't know him. And secondly, do you want to know him? This Jesus who says, I I came to give life and life eternal. I came to forgive you of all your sins. I came to make you right with the Father. I came to do everything that you cannot do on your own. I came to substitute myself in your place on a cross so you don't have to die. I die for you and then you're set as long as your life is found in me. That invitation is offered to you today. And all he says is accept it. Here's the gift of eternal life. You accept it, it's yours. You do nothing to earn it, you can't. You don't have to be good enough, you're not. My goodness will become your goodness. My righteousness, your righteousness. I just become your sin. And then I beat the enemy so I can rise again and give you victorious life. And all you have to do if you don't know Jesus today, you say, Jesus, I want to know you and follow you. Be my king, be my savior, be my Lord. And then when we take communion, take communion as a follower of Jesus for the first time in your I mean, let's recall a few of the promises we ran through as we head into communion in a moment. The one who created then redeemed you says this in Psalm 63. His unfailing love is better than life itself. He helps us and we cling to him. Psalm 23, his goodness and unfailing love follows us. So no worries, no fear. Romans 8, Jesus is with us always and nothing can stop, derail, or change that. John 10, 9 through 13, he's with us until he takes us home eternally. And because Jesus is our good shepherd, he says this in John chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. That's what we remember every time we take communion. This truth here that he sacrificed his life in our place so that we could know him and know the Father. You know, the 4th of July is a great celebration of of our freedom, of this 
of this wonderful nation that we're blessed to live in. But nothing here is ever guaranteed. I hope it goes on forever until Jesus comes back. That's my hope, my prayer. It's my contention for our nation. But none of that's ever guaranteed. Salvation, adoption into God's family, made right before God, no longer a sinner, that is assured and guaranteed for the follower of Jesus. That's a freedom that cannot be changed by men or politicians or borders or anything going on in a nation. Those are guarantees, and so that's what we celebrate at communion, the guarantee of an eternal freedom. The sacrifice blood of Jesus was enough. And so we remember it by drinking the cup. Communion is this celebration of the work of Jesus on the cross. Where he takes the bread, is it the last supper with the disciples, and he breaks it in half to show my body's going to be broken and offered up for you. And so now, as a symbol, as a remembrance to commemorate the greatest freedom moment of all time, I break this up and I give it to you guys and he gives it to his disciples. It's, what we, it's why we eat the bread on communion Sundays or whenever you take communion. It's to commemorate the body given in your place so you, did not, you, didn't, you and I didn't have to do that. And he takes the cup and he says, this represents my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. So when you drink it, remember you're forgiven. Forgiven. Never earned. I give you my life. I give you my blood. I give you this cup. You don't earn it. You get it. And that's what we remember. And I'm going to ask you to stand right now. We're going to go into a time of, of worship. And as I pray, uh, once I pray, they're going to, as we go into this song, the goodness of God, which is written based on Psalm 23.6, by the way, uh, you'll, you'll be given the, the, the bread and the cup. And then during the song, just Take a moment and pray and ask the Lord if there's anything that needs to be made right in your life or maybe you just need to have a few moments of just thankfulness for him sacrificing his body and pouring out his blood for you. And, and, and then take communion by yourself or with your loved ones or with friends, however you want during the, either of the songs of worship. You can take it uh, right away or you can, you can wait and just bask in the, in the glory of God for a moment. But... but uh, I do ask that you pray and you see if the Holy Spirit wants to speak something from the Father to you, son, to you, daughter, as we go into a time of communion. God, we thank you for your goodness and your unfailing love that shadows us, follows us, lovingly harasses us, keeps after us all the days of our lives. It is hard to imagine that being true, yet it is. You love us that much. You made us and then you had to die to buy us back and you did it with joy and you gave your body and you poured out your blood so that we could be in right relationship with you, forgiven of our sins for all time. And so I pray that as we take communion, we would remember the sacrifice for our freedom. We'd remember the forgiveness that frees us. On this day that we celebrate the freedom of our nation, we'd remember the freedom of our souls set free for all time found and based and, and only ever in you and nothing can change that. So we take communion mindful of what you've done for us and we worship you because you're worthy of our worship. In your name we pray. Amen.
Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full-service replays, visit our media page on hcfburnett.org and follow us on social media. God bless and have a great week.